Calgary Journal's Mental Health Mind Map podcast. In this series, we dive into the complexities of mental health and hear from real-life people with real-life experiences. Thanks to our Calgary partner, the Canadian Mental Health Association, for its role in supporting stories that matter. Today we will be discussing the impact food has on your mood and are joined by Debbie Cheeseman, who has completed CMHA's Food and Mood course. Hi, I'm Debbie. Catherine McAllister, a peer support worker at CMHA, who also facilitated the course. Uh, Hi, my name is Catherine. And Myra Marius, the food and mood instructor. And my name is Myra. I know for me as a teenager and growing up, I didn't really eat that well, um, and I didn't really eat at appropriate times. And as I grew older, I started realizing that had a really big impact on my energy levels. My body got to a point where it thought it'd never eat again. So for a long period of time, I didn't eat. Uh, due to circumstances. So when I did start to eat, then it was I ate everything and anything, whether I was thinking, sleeping, um, happy, sad, just wanted to eat just because. Let's start out with someone close to me, started developing mental health issues for no apparent reason. And I already had a psychology degree, and when I was doing that, I was really interested in physiology and anatomy, so the interest was already there. I know for me at the beginning, what really helped was I kind of challenged myself. Um, I know they say you can either break or form a habit within 21 days, so I kind of challenged myself, okay, if I can stick this out for 21 days, then, you know, hopefully something will kick in. This is something, how to change eating is something we talk about a lot in food and mood, and just some sort of general tips we give people, no matter what kind of changes you make into your diet is is to go slowly because when you do those huge changes where you clear out your house when you swing a long ways one way then you tend to swing back the other way and that's when you start binging and and eating too much so so maybe one thing at a, a time um, and we always recommend to add in new foods rather than taking away foods because it helps with that deprivation and in theory what will happen is over time these new foods if you keep adding them in are going to edge out um, the other foods you need lots of fruit and vegetables, especially vegetables. And um, so eat the pizza, but then have a fruit or vegetable before. And that just slowly gets you into eating more fruit and vegetables. And uh, one other thing we really work with people is to become aware of their body because we rush around and we don't really think about our body. And when you eat certain foods, paying attention to how they affect you because you are the expert on your body because we know that the experts can't even agree. So (laughs) if they can't agree and they have lots of education, then how on earth are they going to direct you which you should or shouldn't eat? So I think that's an individual journey. So um, as tedious as they are, a food journal can really help. And some key things that you might really want to pay attention to when you eat, especially if you're struggling with mood, is um, gluten. Um, In fact, being celiac, one of the symptoms is depression and anxiety. Uh, Dairy, sugar, caffeine, flour, um, additives and chemicals. So if you're eating anything out of a package, it's going to have probably additives and chemicals. And um, just be curious, investigate and, and see. But people don't necessarily realize is that food itself can be addictive. And if it's addictive for you, it can really cause huge um, mood issues. So, um, for example, like um, if you take a coca plant, you can chew on it. Cultures do that, and it's fine. But then when it's made into cocaine, when you refine and you pull things out of a food, they become addictive. Um, I mean, when you make grapes into wine and and um, even poppies into opioids, uh, you 
they become they can become addictive. Well, it's the same with food. When you refine a whole grain into flour, it can affect your biochemistry and it can actually become addictive. And sugar's another one. You start as sugar cane or beets, refine it down to refined sugar, and that can cause real problems for people. Um, so pay attention. Do you have difficulty stopping? And the problem is if you do are addicted to it, it's going to give you a high. It's really going to elevate you, but then you're going to get the crash. And that's where people can get anxiety, depression, sadness, hopelessness. I think, you know, it can be, um, pretty risky with all of the diets that are out there right now. And everyone wants to find something that quick fix. Mm -hmm. Um, but really it is just finding what food you react well to. And what food you can process and digest well rather than trying to find, you know, a quick diet that may harm your body in the long run and your mental health. Yeah, just paying attention to your body. Your mm -hmm. body is giving you all these signs, like they say, you know, mm -hmm. you know, pay attention to your gut feeling. Pay attention to your body because it directs you. Mm -hmm. It tells you what's good and what's acceptable in your body. It's your temple, right? Yeah. Just really acknowledging that we all have a brain and just like our bodies, our brains can also become sick. And, mm -hmm. you know, in today's age, we've either been through something ourselves or we know of someone close to us that's gone through something. And I definitely feel as if we are talking more about it as a society, which is great. It's, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's bringing more education and awareness to the subject. But it really is, you know, we all have brains, we all have mental health and we're all, we all kind of get those sick as well. What I would love to see is that when anybody goes to see their doctor about a mental health issue is that before a prescription is written that they do a bunch of work, like there should be a full panel of blood work that's yeah. done. Do some investigating because it can, for example, I was um, volunteering for a postpartum depression group and a woman came in and she said, I feel great. Like she was really struggling and she'd found out that she was low in iron and it was just a matter of taking iron and she was fine. So um, sometimes it can just be being low in folate. Now, often there's not a really simple solution like that, but I feel like we deserve to, to have a full workup, you know, explore and do some investigation because um, there's some answers. And another, actually, there's a person that works for CMHA's name is Sean Miller. Um, he has a website called Thrive Mental Health, and he went and got testing done. He was he had multiple diagnoses, but schizophrenic, quite seriously unwell, and um, found these things he was lacking, changed his diet. It's been, I don't know, six, seven years. He doesn't use medication. He has no symptoms. It can happen. I, I really want to give people hope and have them believe that you really, really can get well. It's not going to be quick. It's going to be a long journey. You're probably always going to be have to be careful. But I, I believe there's nothing out there that, that we can't help. Um, you know, is it something in your environment, whether you're breathing in or consuming, or if it is trauma, what I like to call it is, is it a trauma side effect, your diagnosis or disorder? Is it, you know, the aftermath of something that has happened, mm -hmm. which is why I think talking and connecting with people is so important, because sometimes instead of medication, it maybe is you just need to talk. Um, I'm not condoning, you know, not everyone can go without medication, but, you know, there are a lot of things that environment can play when it comes to diagnosing and disorder. Is it really that or is it something else? Is it something deeper? Totally agree with Maya <laughs> and Catherine. I just, I mean, for me, I mean, everybody's on their own journey and no matter what mm -hmm. that is, right? I mean, every day we get better. Um, sometimes it's breath by breath that we have mm -hmm. to do, but it does get easier and better it's really just finding what works for you. Yeah. Kudos to you because it's so true. You know, before that prescription, 
let's look at what's really happening here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do we need to talk to, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and do we need maybe more B12 instead mm-hmm. of, you know, Oxycontin, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, really. Yeah, buddy, for sure. Because yeah. I was given many prescriptions, and I started taking them, and I was having, like, feeling worse than before I started taking them. And I was like, why am I even taking this? Is it really what I'm needing? Like, mm-hmm. do I even have what they think I have for them to give me this? Yeah, right? that's and the And then thing I started well. really, my mind started racing. And then I was starting to think I was going crazy, right? Because I couldn't understand why I was feeling worse and why they were saying I had these things. And None of it made sense to me. I really think, you know, we're also unique and that applies to our food choices as well and how well we react to them. Five people can follow the same diet and I guarantee every single one of those individuals will react differently. Um, so what I would really recommend is just follow an 80-20 rule and really listen to what your body's telling you and how you're reacting to things. Treat yourself some days as, you know, so long as it's not every day. Um, but really it is just checking in with yourself. How do you feel after eating that food? Is that giving you a benefit or is that taking something away from your mood? Um, It really is just a time of investigation when you're playing a bite with new foods. Um, I was eating six ounces of protein, a large fistful of vegetables, and a cup of carb. Um, And carb is different. I didn't use like the the rice or the pasta. I would use like berries or like a, a form of carb. So I did that and I snacked on as much leafy and greeny vegetables all day long for six weeks and I had such a transformation it was amazing Um, so I did that for six weeks and I had managed to lose 15 pounds I lost six percent body fat (laughs) and I gained almost three percent muscle um, when, when God let me follow in food and mood, and I, I think it's great, is Michael Pollan. He's a health advocate, and he has a seven-word diet, which is eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And so um, it, the whole idea is eating whole food because that is our fuel. And if if we're not getting the proper fuel, how do we make new cells? How do we make neurotransmitters, which is our chemical messengers and hormones? There are messengers that tell our body what to do. They So some things the body makes, but some things we, we need from our food. And if we're not getting them, how are we going to function? And, and if we're getting them, but our system's so bogged down with toxins, how are we going to digest them? And if you can't do that, you don't have the building blocks. It's it's pretty basic thing, but it, it shouldn't be so novel, but this isn't, I think, a novel thought in, in our culture. And so, like, you couldn't, if you put food in the gas tank of your car, it wouldn't run. Well, if you put chemicals in our body, it won't run. Um, well, it, it's like a job site. If you came every day and were trying to build this house, but there's a pile of garbage, then you're spending all your time cleaning out that garbage and you can't build anything. It's the same with your body. If you eat an apple... Um, it's got, it's a perfect little package. It's got the digestive enzymes that break down that apple. It's got fiber and, um, it's, it's got everything you need to break it down. I think that's really important what you were saying about the sugar, um, how it's different, what, how you were talking earlier about, you know, how refined foods and processed foods are actually addictive. The sugar that comes from fruit and the sugar that comes from per se, uh, chocolate bar, it's a lot different and it's processed and broken down and stored and used a lot differently as well. I know from experience, if I, you know, ever eat a ton of chocolate, I will feel a whole lot different compared to if I eat a bowl of fruit. Um, the sugar is definitely, you know, used mm-hmm. for good energy. 
rather than being stored as fat? They did a study in Cell Magazine. They did a study and they had people eat the exact same thing in the same amount at the same time. And then they studied their blood sugar levels and, and other things. And it was completely different. They'd eat the same food and they would react completely differently. And so that's the problem with following a diet and not your body. Your body's signals is that you you have to figure out what works for you. I think just really, you know, when it comes to making a change, and regardless of what that is in our lives, is it does take time. Um, and the first few times you try to make that change, you might not get through it. You might, you know, maybe have a slip up, but not to give up completely, to just keep trying and jump back into it, even if it takes trying, you know, 10 times, at least by the 11th time you've got it down. And that's all that matters. It does take time and to be compassionate with yourself as you are making those changes. You haven't formed a habit overnight, so you're certainly not going to break one overnight. I think, though, also, too, is, um, yeah, just being patient and just paying more attention to your body and the signals that it gives you. Because your body knows what's best mm -hmm. for it, and it tells you these things. I know it can get pretty toxic out there, especially with things like, you know, the Atkins diet and the keto diet we're hearing a lot about right now. Um, but now there's studies coming forward that the Atkins diet, you know, the guy himself actually had pretty bad heart disease because it, he was following the diet. Um, and it really is just, you know, whole foods, whole foods and plants, just finding out what works for you and how well your body reacts. As part of the class, we did that. We People would write out what their junk foods are, and then we had to put up pictures of alternatives, and you could go look and say, well, what could be an alternative? So a favorite of mine that's super simple is spaghetti squash instead of pasta. So you just cut it in half, and you put it upside down on a cookie sheet, and you bake it. And then when you scrape it with a fork, it's like spaghetti, and then you can put tomato sauce or whatever on it. I love that. I like it more than actually pasta now. Um, you can do a lot with cashews if you're creative. Like you can make whipped cream. You can make sour cream. You can make cashew milk, which is quite they're quite easy to do. It's just intimidating because it's new. Mm -hmm. um, what else do we recommend? Um, instead of whipped cream, if you're trying to get off dairy, you can make coconut whipped cream, which, again, is actually easier to make. You just you buy the... Thai brand and the red with the red label, and you put it in the fridge, upside down, and then the the water and the cream separate. Some of the brands they don't separate; they put an emulsifier in there so this, they won't separate. That's why the Thai brand is good. And then you just open the can, leave it there at least twelve hours. You open the can, you have a big chunk of solid cream. You just scoop that out, and you can use a whisk, but I always use a little hand blender. You can put a little vanilla if you want, a little bit of honey or maple syrup, and you have a whipped cream, and it's really good. So I learned that you could take grapes, which I love, and freeze them. So my frozen grapes became my candies that I always needed in my mouth. So just like little changes, mm -hmm. but they were huge for me. The alternatives to, to food, mm -hmm. like making those healthy choices. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, those frozen grapes. I know I actually had that this morning. I made, I froze some grapes and had a tub of Greek yogurt, threw a little cinnamon in there, threw the frozen grapes in there. It was a good combo. <laughs> Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, the, the little bit of cinnamon as well yeah. added the flavor to it. It was nice, sweetened it a little. Um, and the lettuce wraps as well. Lettuce you know, wraps, that's a good one. You, when you hear of it, you think, oh, you're switching out you know, bread for lettuce. It's not going to be that good. But because of the crunch, you don't really notice mm -hmm. it. There's not much of a difference at all once you have your filling in there and you know whatever sides along with it. it tastes just as I, good, I live, if not better. I live on lettuce, um, lettuce wraps now. I love it because I yeah. took the bread out. And at first, I was like, oh, this is going to be so boring. Like, oh, really? And then I had it. 
But I really used a lot of spices with the when I was cooking. So like the chicken and stuff that I was using, mm -hmm. it had all that kick to it. But it was really good. I think it's the it, it's intimidating when you actually make it. It's often not harder, or maybe even easier, but it's just intimidating to do something new. So you don't want to overload yourself and, and get yeah. yourself down or depressed because you know you didn't do it or you failed or you know your brain starts thinking all these thoughts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Taking those baby steps and you know do what you need to do for your health mm -hmm. <laughs> first of all, and then you know playing with it, making it fun, mm -hmm. substituting, eliminating, adding in. But I really liked what Myra was saying, you know. Um, experiment and just add in new things instead of taking it because your minds and your body and your soul is thinking oh that's another thing I can't have or that's another thing I can't do and if you're struggling like myself I struggled with addictions and mental health as well so it, it, it's not healthy for me mm -hmm. you know to feel like I'm losing something else or something mm -hmm. else is being pulled away from me yeah, I, I think it is really crucial to remember that it is a step-by-step -step process mm -hmm. um, because if you set yourself up with a big goal and then you don't reach that goal, then it does in turn lead you to feeling bad about yourself, which then could lead to binging or unhealthier food choices yeah. to help with how you're feeling. And then those food choices you're making as well um, also connect with feeling more depressed or feeling of anxiousness, and it's just this vicious cycle mm -hmm. with people. Just connecting, you know, with a group of people or even reaching out to a nutritionist or maybe even a friend, mm -hmm. you know, and you're kind of curious about their eating habits, just really connecting and talking. And the internet, it's the 21st century. Well, where would we be without the internet? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just keep going, breath by breath, as yeah. you yeah. said. Breath by yeah. breath. Yeah.